Welcome to BCC in 3 Talk, your decentralized hub for all things Web3. From blockchains to cryptocurrencies to NFTs, we airdrop knowledge and analysis from industry insiders, journalists, and founders. I'm your host, Jason Rowlett, a writer and editor at BCCN3.com. Now, let's get on with today's show. We've got five new NFTs on this week's NFT Winners Week. Keegan, how you doing? Pretty good. Some wild stuff on the uh, list this week. Zinda Bad, good to have you with us. Happy to be here, Jason. Fantastic. We'll be looking at Subway Rats, Steady Stack Titans Official, Rare Ape PayYC, Beyond Earthland, and Webiverse Genesis Pass. So let's start with Subway Rats. This is a uh, another pixelated uh, rodent type of uh, artwork here. Uh, they've got they've got ten thousand collectibles uh, in this collection here. And uh, a pretty low floor price. So uh, what's going on with Subway Rats? Yeah, I kind of, I, I slept on that low uh, floor price, actually. A little bit after the um, the initial pump that, you know, we recorded. But, you know, I saw this. This team is, they're pretty solid. And I think they're really trying to do something legitimate. Um, you know, this through all those degen things, you can kind of look at this one and go, hey, this these guys actually have a plan together. They've created this token that like the metadata like can kind of like update, it seems like, where if you use your token, your subway rat in New York City to like travel, you know, different subway stations in areas of New York City, they uh the backgrounds change or you know, like they I guess they can like collect like items or like drinks or things like that. And it represents itself in the image. So this is it's, all it's, part of their game, by the way, not real life in New York as much as I'd love that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah we're not following around the actual rats. <laughs> Did you I'd get one of that. these, Zinda? Uh, I I ended up minting uh, three of those uh, on the first tier of their mint. Uh, I found out about Subway Rats maybe a month, month and a half ago. I set up a I, I'm, I don't do collabs generally uh, because I it's not top of mind for me. It's never been my job. And so I just don't think even when there's a window. But I thought, okay, this is pretty cool. I'm going to try and get a collab for a GM squad. Uh, so I think a bunch of us actually ended up uh, whitelist minting these. Yeah, yeah. That's how I got my whitelist. So Good. <laughs> yeah, hey, Zinda's <laughs> rolling in the cash. Uh, we have to make up for my horrible calls once in a while. Uh... <laughs> Popo did me good too. That's um okay. Yeah, that yeah, that's exactly how I got on what they call it the cheese list, which I thought was like the most appropriate name for like a whitelist in this project. Yeah, and the, the, I think it points to a bigger thing. They really went deep on on theming and. Uh trying to give a sense of quality and cohesion to this project, which is why I, I say this every week, but a bunch of the, the current floor price makes me so sad to look at. Uh, the, the, there was rat list, cheese list, squeak list, three different tiers for minting. And then if you, I think what struck the people I've talked to the most, definitely what struck me the most uh, as I was learning about this was the website to join the Discord. You, you must have gone through it, Keegan. The, you yeah. have to like a click around uh, the site, there's a subway train that shows up and then there's a rat, like a rat says, find the card or something like that. You, you have to actually provide your Discord username on the site and receive a little subway rats ID card, which connects you up to their Discord server. Uh, it, it just felt like very in-universe. You're, you're seeing pixelated New York, you're playing with the Metro card, you're seeing the rats. Uh, and like a lot of, care clearly went into the visuals and the audio design and just setting up the mechanism for something as trivial as joining a discord server you know what i mean yeah definitely and it was it was kind of fun having that puzzle because now i mean they have like a game that they're setting up and by joining the discord through that process they're basically you know introducing you to where that game is hosted so yeah know, that's exactly it Right, like you don't feel like a stranger 
when you go to their website and play this game, which I don't think has been fully set up yet, but it looks like you can start running around to different stations now. Yeah, that's my understanding. Uh, so, so quick background: the whole deal with Subway Rats is they would set up a play-to-earn game, where or sort of play-to-earn game where your rat travels around a virtual map of New York, and at each station you would play a game of chance. They pick games of chance because they're, if set up properly, impossible to hack. If set up properly, uh, and either win prizes and then players can claim ownership of the subway stations and gain income for people traveling through their stations. Uh, and this might have changed prior to launch, but I think all the payouts for that were in Ethereum, actually, not in a... In, in a, like a token that they made? Exactly, exactly. So a lot of the concerns around like, oh, how do we liquidity pool this? Is it worth it for the community to liquidity pool it, given how that usually ends with the token price like completely through the floor? Uh, it takes a lot of those considerations out, which I, I wondered if it would make a difference. I think longer term, we'll have to see. Yeah, definitely. Because I know uh, MoonPass, their liquidity pool kind of took a hit lately. I think the price moon of pass? shards kind of no, moon pass. What am I talking about? Is this mirror, mirror pass? pass? Mirror pass. Because <laughs> like the the price of their shard kind of tanked in like the last week, didn't it? Uh, I believe so. Believe it or not, I never bought in a mirror pass uh, because I oh, regret really? so bad. I regret not minting it so badly that I've just never <laughs> looked at the guts to be like, okay, I, I could have had 10, 20 of these for free. I, I can't bring myself to buy one at point three. Uh, oh man! Yeah, I, like I distinctly remember clicking through and being like, "Okay, should I mint?" And then it was like, "No, they're having a contract issue. The website looks sketchy. Who knows this guy from anyone? I'm not going to do it." Uh, right. The rest. The rest is history. Uh, but 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 <laughs> not not to go off topic too much. For uh, on the LP side, Jason, you have more of a crypto background. Uh, why is it the NFT liquidity pools go into the garbage so quickly? Um, I think that it's a lot to do with um, probably how the, the volume trends uh, mirror the, the price movement within the, within the market. Um, usually as the liquidity, or I should say, as they create more coins, um, Usually there's a, a rally and then there's, uh, you know, it's reflecting market demand. Well, that demand is, um, can be canceled off really quickly. And so then they have to burn either what they have, or if, if in the case of Terra, they, they, they wind up owing more to, um, their investors, uh, they have to swap those out for usually Bitcoin, um, or for another crypto that will then trade for a dollar, uh, a fiat dollar. Um, but the, the liquidity pools are, it's every reason to have proof of reserves. If, if a crypto does not have proof of reserves, I don't buy it. Uh, that's my personal philosophy, but. Uh, yeah, that makes sense. Like it's, it's not really attached to a, a bigger value or, or the incentive to use it doesn't exist. Um, fortunately, I think backing the token in that case, yeah, um, yeah, usually, yeah. Sh- yeah, go ahead, Zindabad. I, I can't speak to shards, but it uh, it, it explains why NFT liquidity pools usually or a proprietary token in NFT liquidity pools uh, usually dry up, shallow up so fast when the token price tanks. Uh, the, the pond is just too small and it's never really pegged to anything underlying. I think also an issue is kind of one that I've been, you know, pondering a lot lately is, you know, with with the most common, you know, perception of NFTs right now in the NFT space, not outside of it, but inside of it, you know, a lot of people really are just flipping for profit, not because they have interest in these projects. And when you open up these tokens and you say, hey, man, we got these great tokens a lot of these holders are probably just looking at this going sick. I'm a cash out instead of actually participating in that ecosystem. 
and that's very true that's very true i, I always think about yeah. it with games right would you rather play a game or pay your rent and the answer is going to be pay your rent for most people yeah yeah the rent takes priority <laughs> so i kind of got that that belief i don't know if belief is the right word but kind of thought when i saw the ether jump when i read their docs because it said making a token and earning a token is super easy. It's what you spend it on that's difficult. Yep, indeed. And, and I think Mirpass is offering things to buy with their token. Um, I think access to their mint bot or something. I don't totally know. But I'm curious. I mean, if we're going to be generating revenue with these subway rats, what exactly are we going to be able to buy with that token? That's the really important oh. part because it... I believe it's yeah, yeah. still ETH rewards. So it, it it gets with no token in the equation, I do have to wonder like what when do they have the war chest to even start rolling out rewards? Like they can't just go and deploy a contract and and produce a uh I was going to use a rude word for them, but a a coin with low adoption uh and a tiny market cap and just kind of write it. They're paying out an ETH, right? Which means the the true value quote unquote of a subway rat if they ever get there is the, the your, your chance of getting an eth payout right the, the total rewards available or rewards you would be likely to be able to capture over the size of the supply uh that could turn out interesting it could i'll, I'll be honest i i swept you know when i sold the tokens from the cheese list i think i had i think i had two or three that I sold at the top around 0.08. And I I I think this team is actually trying to do something really well. So I just kind of rebought into the project with those with those profits when it kind of went down to 0.04. I'm down now, you know, 0.01. But one thing that I noticed afterwards, and I think Zindabad, I think you actually mentioned this like a minute after I bought like three or four of these, is their metadata was was revealed if on you know, if you looked at the token oh, ID. Yeah, but it wasn't showing up on OpenSea, right? So that they looked yeah. for all intents and purposes unrevealed. Yeah. And so I ended up, you know, thinking like, oh, this is going to be really cool. I'm going to get these four tokens real quick. And once I saw that, I looked at them, the ones I bought, and I was like, whoa, these are like rock bottom tokens, you know. And I'm That's really hoping that it, it's a little confusing, you know, because. Then they said that the station, you know, the subway station airdrop is only for like the first one to 800 tokens like that are ID'd. I think they had two sets of raffles. So, so, so background again, there's a much smaller number of subway stations for this first iteration of the game than the total supply. It's like 20, right? Something like this. So so there are 10,000 rats in 20 stations and the big draw of the stations is you're not playing games of chance to potentially earn ETH off your subway rats anymore. You're just taking ETH from people who pay to travel to your station and play games. Uh, right. And, and with 20 people for 10,000 players, that seems feasible. I think the bigger problem is having your consistent 10,000 players. Uh, so, so subway stations, rare, valuable, maybe we'll see when they drop. Uh, and they had one raffle, I think... I don't know how many were allocated to it, but they added one raffle with a decent size allocation of those 20 for token IDs, one to 800, exactly as you said. Uh, and then an additional raffle for 800 plus. So for you had about 10 times higher chance of winning. It might've been smaller, like two or three times higher chance of winning if you held a token ID under 800. Yeah, man. And it, it was a little funny because when I read that, I looked back and there was a token. It was a Subway Rat number 160 right next to the one i bought i was like oh man <laughs> because i got I got ones that are like token id like eight thousand. so uh, it's it was a little kind of weird to see that kind of a mix up because I, I felt like you know there was that could have been handled a bit better on their side to not hide or not to not to reveal the metadata like that but yeah the reveal day issue also, was a problem i agree with that it was a little strange and I also think it's a little weird that, you know, if you have this value for these three digit token IDs, you know, why are they being sold at the same price as all the other ones? 
one of those. Well, they were actually trading mm. higher after that announcement. Uh, after the announcement, okay. By about 50%, I think. I'm wondering if some people listed without seeing that. Oh, definitely. You yeah, know, there, there was for sure the occasional opportunity to do that. I'm pretty sure. I'm yeah, terrible like a... at sniping things. I never bother with it. So I didn't get in on that, but I'm sure some people yeah. did. Yeah, yeah, really. And, you know, if I bought without seeing the announcement, I'm sure someone sold without seeing the announcement. But I I think it's kind of cool that we're seeing the these pictures change. You know, you, they're... Uh, you got a couple mice that are like in like Central Park. It's like Fifth Avenue. There's one at the World Trade Center that looks like they're. It's Grand cool that they're dynamic for sure. Yeah, it's it's pretty neat because when I first saw the background, it's like a computer, like a like a PC desktop. I was kind of like that doesn't really evoke Subway to me, but these new images behind it are, are really fun. You know, like oh, you know, these are like really well known places like. Like I'm, I'm pretty familiar with Grand Station, Grand Central Station, things like that. Well, if we see any of these running around New York City, we'll know where they came from. So. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> All right, up next, we got Steady Stack Titans Official. Whew, that's a mouthful. Let's, uh, this is uh, <laughs> Steady Stack. Um, the ultimate hub for investors is, of course... Uh, this one's from Investor Illuminati. Uh, they've got utility and access um, in the in, in the investing world. They they say. Um, so what's the uh, what's the utility behind Steady Stack uh, Titans? Well, I'm curious. I, I don't rem- I don't know if it was used into bad or someone else said this, but they they I heard that Steady Stacks is very similar to beast genesis which we were discussing the other week yeah no yeah and you know the ultimate investor hub i don't know if they have stock information in their community um but it makes me wonder you know because this is also very small uh no the item the owner count is two thousand items but i mean is it possible that we're going to start seeing NFTs and we already are seeing this board apes and moonbirds? Are we going to start seeing other NFTs, smaller NFT communities kind of start to create competitors? Because if Beast Genesis is out here saying, hey, we're the best token for you to improve your portfolio, and then we get Steady Stack saying, actually, we're the best token to improve your portfolio. You know, now we're going to start seeing, you know, people, you know, look at these and go like, well, you know, one of these might have a better community, but this one's cheaper or, yeah, you know, this one's cheaper, has there. more utilities. Well, I feel like to an extent that, that the NFTs have, uh, at least for the last year, been a game of copying the most successful player, right? I, I mean, all the PFP projects, yeah. a lot of them are just kind of trying to do what Fortnite Yacht Club does. So... There, I think the conflict you're pointing to is out there already, but maybe not in yeah. the like investment tool space. That's a new thing for sure. Yeah, it is. And I think competition in a healthy way, you know, like, True. you know, kind of the way like uh, Coca-Cola and Pepsi bounce off each other. Like they need each other to, to grow their businesses or Apple and Microsoft need each other to grow their businesses. Um, I'm sure. And ideally, they'd be like, well, we'd make all the money in the world if we didn't have a competitor. But it is a a good thing for, you know, businesses and projects and companies to have someone to rival them so that they can improve their own features. And I'm I'm curious. I mean, okay, well, if these guys are providing the same sort of insights into the stock market, but they're also creating a bot and it's half the price of a beast. And twice the community, you know, all of a sudden, you know, but, you know, as Beast got better quality insight, you know, like, so I'm wondering if there's going to start to be kind of like a, you know, like, like, hey, we're trying to one up each other kind of thing. Yeah, we'll probably see some competition on that order when I think about it in, in general investing. Uh, we'll see how both projects decide to run that. It's not uncommon to have like a export portfolio size challenge, right, where you try to grow past a point. Uh, very common in NFTs, I guess, less when you're trading stocks because the margins are actually realistic and based on revenue numbers, uh, yeah. which we don't have. 
Uh, <laughs> one thing I, I will say, one thing I will say as I read more about Steady Stack is uh, Beasts, which we discussed last week, small 333 supply project, uh, pixel art focused on and investing in alpha community. Uh, and strangely enough, mostly co crypto coin and uh, stock calls. So Steady Stack seems to be pitching itself the same way. Uh, crypto and stock alpha it, it set members up to have cash flow uh, and provide them with investment opportunities that connect to revenue uh, and aren't reliant on kind of pontonomics and tokens uh, or arbitrary proprietary tokens. Uh, so, so similar kind of vibe off the bat, sure. I, I think Steady Stack, and this might just be, but by virtue of them being ten times larger, their uh, two thousand collection versus three thirty-three, uh, seems to be a lot more structured. So, taking a peek at their medium, they kick off, or that they they kick off after Mint with a twelve-week trading course, uh, which you uh, it's pre-recorded, so I think members can learn at their own kind of speed. Uh, and that takes you through market foundations, intro to technical analysis, uh, and then progresses all the way through algo trading setup. Uh, and I That's think the pretty cool. It is pretty neat. It is pretty neat. I, th I think the overall aim there is to be more structured and provide kind of course packages, uh, expert. Well, expert is a strange word in NFTs and crypto, but quote unquote, expert alpha, uh, and then finally, the ability to use their trading pod. Although they did recently mention access to the algorithm would be paid unless you hold 10 Titans. So that probably speaks to some of the recent price movement once that announcement dropped. That's a lot. That's three ETH for a bot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I think it was some $2,500 or more annually to access the bot, even if you hold a Titan, is what they put out. So huh. the more you own, the better your discount until you're just not paying for it because you have 10 and you spent three up front, as you said. Yeah, that's, that's I don't know. I, you know, I, I hear something like that and like, okay, so we can spend three ETH for this bot or you can just get, you know, two mirror passes for their bot. <laughs> well, I think the difference Unless is that different bots. What, what they're offering isn't an uh, NFT trading bot where, where you bought mints and that kind of thing. It's an algorithmic stock trader. I think it applies to. Oh, I see. Well. So it would it would okay. be. Yeah. So so it would be for trading crypto, trading stocks. Uh, and that's a fairly competitive space, right? Like I, I'm definitely no professional in finance, but I have some exposure to the financial services industry. And part of the reason uh, margins are so much smaller compared to stocks and even crypto, it, it, you've heard all the jokes, right? Everything is priced in. You, you're, you're the fact of yeah. your birth was priced in. The the, the, <laughs> the way you will retire and die. I'm sorry for being so macabre. Is priced in, etc. Et <laughs> it's all priced and, in. And, and that's what people mean by, by efficient markets, right? Everybody is kind of hunting for the edge. Millions and millions of people, uh, and so everything ends up being or things end up being to a large extent priced in. And so the value of any kind of meaningful edge in stocks for a retail investor uh, is kind of massive when I think about it, right? These are things which hedge funds uh, live and die by and protect with their lives. Uh, you, you can't leak algo details or you're going to prison if you work for a fund. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, so I get the value proposition. Uh, I, I, I do get the value proposition for sure. And it's kind of cool. I mean, I don't know how different it is, but for the longest time, you know, it seemed like every utility was just a utility to buy other NFTs. For sure. No, the, the, and this I, is definitely yeah. different in that regard. And it's nice that like, now this is still in the making profits category of utility, but it's nice to see a utility that's not just, buying other nfts because after a while it's like okay well everything i have improves my nft buying where are the nfts that are not nft based utility right well, where yeah. are the nfts that are going to make me money <laughs> yeah yeah so, like we're gonna do the other stuff like <laughs> well, 
that's it you're, you're you're playing in a much bigger pond and that's why i think the supply difference from beasts might not make a big difference to the target markets of these respective tokens right uh yeah it's uh the, the stock market can take two thousand people getting the same information and making the same buys it won't it's a drop in the bucket uh the nft market absolutely can't <laughs> at, at that <laughs> yeah. point it's, if two thousand people are hearing something at the same time it's it's not alpha quote unquote uh but yeah because yeah, alpha is like a very small sort of detail that you tell somebody like uh you know hey guys like this is probably going to go up where if it's a giant group and everyone hears the alpha then it's not alpha then it's just a giant rush to pump then it's priced in yeah um yeah and i guess nfts by just being such a tiny pond even compared to to coins i was reading on twitter I keep saying I was reading on Twitter. It makes it sound like I don't read anything else, but that, that's half true. <laughs> uh, but but it, it might have been Farouk, who, big influencer, whatever you think of him, uh, talking to, he said, I was talking to a friend trying to uh, sell him on NFT projects. And this guy has been in crypto since this time. He has insane holdings. Here's some rough idea of his gargantuan wealth. And he, he, he said, but, but why does the, top nft the very top of the mountain have the same market cap as the 40th biggest shit coin right and and that's just the world we're in right now um, so, so, so so yeah when you when you're in I, I guess that illustrates how much bigger even crypto is in general to nft trading uh and the reason why steady stack and beast can share a pond it's a big pond yeah, that's true. And, you know, you will find plenty of people in crypto that don't like NFTs. You know, like, yeah, definitely. This, it's it's really a, a what's the word? concentrated kind of population. I think I'm slowly yeah. becoming one of them, but <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm, that's a joke. That's a joke. I own, <laughs> I own one. I own one. <laughs> well, well, we'll see what happens with Steady Stacks uh, Titans. There, we'll uh, it will be interesting to see that correlation with the crypto market too. Well, we've got a a uh, an intersection here between uh, two of culture's most iconic works. They call it Board Ape Yacht Club, of course, and Rare Pepe's. I think I did mispronounce it earlier. Uh, so this is Rare a Pepe Yacht Club. Um, this is, um, if, if people can remember the, uh, Pepe, the, what is, what is frog? This? I think it's a frog. frog, frog. Yeah. I guess it is a frog. Yeah. Um, and, uh, with, with sort of the different, you know, you know, a board ape yacht club feel on this one, but, uh, got a pretty good floor price at 0.78. Um, so what's, what's happening with, uh, rare a pepe i feel like this is the exact opposite of the last project we just talked about which had all these great oh, ideas yeah. all these unique <laughs> utilities and and you know really trying to do something competing with people and then there's just pepe <laughs> he's been around I'd, for a while yeah he's a pretty well-known guy and I, I, I saw someone in chat the other day saying pepe is the world's first sentient meme <laughs> that's a funny way to put it yeah right. i'd call that yeah. true i'd call this, that true yeah it's wild i i don't i don't this is just one of those tokens to me that just says to hell with utilities to hell with doing anything this is pepe and we put him in the board yacht club <laughs> yeah it's it, it's interesting i I saw these guys at like 0.03 and I thought, okay, cool, buy at 0.03. Uh, but I don't feel like buying a DGen project today, so I'll leave it. Uh, yeah, and I've been same. trying hard to understand why they've gone as far as they have. And I, I think it comes down to uh, it, it's traction. It, like the, the, the reason Goblin Town did what they did is partly from doing something new and cool but it's doing something new and cool that got a lot of attention. And I guess when we're in this world where, where all these NFT projects, Web3 businesses, however you like to visualize it, they're all pre-revenue. There are no numbers you can look at and think, okay, here's 
the, the health of this endeavor. It's really just how much people are talking about it. Uh, and Rare a Pepe Yacht Club, if that's how you say it, Rake, uh, got a bunch of attention at a time where more eyes than usual were on the OG Rare Pepe and more recent fake Rare Pepe cards, which are very much kind of golden age crypto collectibles, pre-punks, uh, and hosted on Bitcoin or on the counterparty, hosted on counterparty, and I'm not really sure how that works, so I won't run my mouth about it. But they they exist on the Bitcoin chain. They're pre-Ethereum, pre-ARC20, all of that. Uh, so, so more eyes than usual on this very OG segment of the crypto collectible space. Uh, and, they, and they're produced by an original Rare Pepe artist who was active in 2016-2017. So the artist on Rare Pepe, Rare Labs... Uh, I believe he, he's at Pepe Designer on Twitter. Uh, and so he's been drawing these rare Pepe cards, tiny supply, uh, Bitcoin chain collectibles since 2017. I don't know if he's produced a ton of them in the last couple of years, but that's where his provenance is. Uh, so hmm. people being interested in that spotlight on fake rare cards because a bunch of um, prominent crypto artists recently produced some Dimitri Cherniak, Alpha Centauri Kid. Uh, I think we might have mentioned this a couple of episodes ago. And they also look really good. Uh, and they got traction over that. It's the artist formerly known as Pepe. Yeah. <laughs> That's, that I, is it. I do know that the, um, the original Pepe creator has been having kind of issues controlling with the usage the of the image. Yeah. It seems like he's been pretty frustrated with basically just assuming it's a creative common. Um, is it not? <laughs> oh, I don't, no. I don't actually know if it is or not, but I do know he's kind of pissed off with all, all the, uh, not, not like the general, you know, exposure that it's gotten, but kind of like, you know, the use towards like harmful memes, I think has really bothered him. I've, I've seen a few articles about it. And I can't speak too specifically about it, but I know he, he kind of wants to reclaim it. And it's just kind of, I don't know. It's just weird to see it kind of just fly out of his control. Um, I'm, I'm curious how he feels about this. If he's actually on board with these sort of things, because I, I, I think that's, a re- I, I actually have no idea if Pepe is creative common or not. Yeah, I need to see how. Uh, I see we're all typing now. Uh, yeah, we're all checking that one out real quick. <laughs> get on but, the Google. But yeah, I, um, I mean, I do wonder how the creator of Pepe, Matt Fury, feels about NFTs in general. Yeah, because I mean, it, it really looks like what's personally what I think might be driving a lot of the value here is is it's just culture, right? It's internet culture. That's and, it. That's and, it. Culture. Right? NFTs are an internet product. And it just seems to make sense that, okay, well, if you combine this Board 8 brand, which is a bit of a DGEN thing on their part, with this incredibly well-known internet meme, you know, I guess we shouldn't be too surprised that people kind of latched onto it because they kind of look at it like, Hey, it's Pepe. I remember seeing like maybe like 2015, 2014, I was scrolling around Imgur and there's like a post and it's like, this is a rare Pepe. Like, you know, don't lose it. You know, you only see these <laughs> yeah. every now and then mm-hmm. I was like, Oh, that's kind of a funny, weird JPEG. And, and now I'm looking back on that. Far. Yeah. We made NFTs. <laughs> that's really funny oh my god that's full circle right because then then we actually made those on bitcoin uh and here we are yeah yeah and now they're just popping off it's and it looks like they're really continuing the trend if you look at their website they're like we're gonna come out with this serum and we're gonna make mutant pepes yeah it's (laughs) uh i think one thing that that I actually appreciate about good board ape yacht club derivatives uh, is the original collection is 
typically very evocative of Bake, Basey, uh, however you say it. Uh, right. It, very similar to the board apes in the trait selection, that kind of thing. Uh, and then if they produce a mutant, that's where the creativity, if there is any creativity in the particular artist, uh, comes through. Uh, I, I want to give credit where it's due for Rara Pepe's. I actually love the production quality of the artwork. Uh, like they're shaded to a very high quality. They have an almost kind of cell shaded look. The, the, like certain 3D games where they look almost like they're hand painted. Uh, he channels that kind of look for the artwork. And the bake traits aren't all lifted wholesale. Like the, they're very evocative of bake. Like you see a stunt helmet, you see a halo, etc., etc. Uh, yeah. But I don't think everything is created one for one. And it all kind of fits the Pepe body, which he made like a glove. So, so it's a higher production value than usual bake derivative. Uh and then I think that going free, getting traction on socials, plus the sneak peeks we've been getting at the mutants, which look crazy and completely different to the board ape to the mutant apes. Uh, I yeah, they're they're intense. Yeah, intense is the word. Uh, I'm trying to find it. There were some sneak peeks. See, he, they've dropped a couple of sneak peeks of the mutant bodies. Uh, and again, very evocative of what mutant apes have done. It exposed brains, cut off parts, uh, plants growing out of weird places, all of that. Uh, but they also look very unique. I think part of that is just the art style being, being super heavy on the shading, very crisp uh, and distinct enough. Uh, it, it's kind of like they've taken the, the bake traits and the bake presentation of a character, but it's a different character. Uh, and they produce it to a high level quali of quality. I don't think every derivative has this kind of insane price movement baked in when it does that, for sure. Yeah, uh, yeah. It, it looks like it was enough to make certain board ape owners uh, and outsiders smile and buy a few and probably spend too much money on a bunch of them. Yeah, I, th I think I think that's kind of the the meme culture you know, on that side, because we see DGENs copy successful things all the time. Uh, but, you know, this is... But it's almost... rare for them to break uh, one-eighth on the floor price. Yeah. At least in this market. I also think this is funny on the website. The, they'll have uh, 10 NFTs will be airdropped. And there's only 10, but they say they've been locked up for decades. That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they're okay. old drawings, something like that. <laughs> yeah. It might just be lore. The 30-year-old NFT, like <laughs> they, they minted every a... GIF ever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's just a well, baseball we'll card. Yeah. Well, we'll see if uh Pepe gets his own coin or uh what's next for rare a Pepe. Uh, we'll keep an eye on that one because they're definitely riding that trend. Um late in the game but we'll see where it goes up next we've got beyond earthland a uh, bit of an animated uh nice dynamic at least on their um on their well it's their icon mainly their branding but the actual <laughs> the actual nfts are just bits of terra land um floating in outer space, I guess, with uh, <laughs> with trees on them. This is... Yeah, trees uh, grows in outer space. Of, uh, yeah, oh, absolutely. There's oxygen for the trees out there. <laughs> and uh, the, I don't know, the, the banner on here has got a little bit of a... Uh, I don't know, is it, a, is it a World of Warcraft vibe or something going on here? Uh, but Beyond Earth Online is uh, the mul <clears throat> massive multiplayer online game. Uh, that's that's behind this one. Uh, so what can you guys tell us about this one? Well, it wasn't the biggest pump. Um, it only went from about 0.01 to 0.05. So this is more like if you swept big, you, you could make some pretty nice gains. Um, and yep, then the floor certainly. price just went back down to 0.02. But this, I think that pump may have kind of come off the waves of the, the Minecraft ban. 
Um, you know, people are still kind of wondering where is that central metaverse hub now that Minecraft has kind of said it's not us. Yeah, very true. Um, but I think I don't think this one's probably going to be it. You know, looking at the price compared to other metaverse plots trying to do the same thing. Yeah, if... I uh, I'm not sure. I, I'm so lost when it comes to Metaverse Langeek and, uh, and and what people oh, yeah. are going to enjoy playing online. I, uh, I, I've i said it a few scan... times. Oh, sorry. I'm mm -hmm. interrupting. No, no, please. I, I've, I've said it a few times. Uh, you know, when it comes to blockchain gaming, the blockchain and everyone else, everyone in the gaming space has said something similar. The blockchain has to make the gameplay more fun, not more profitable. And if these guys are trying to come up with uh, an MMO, you know, like it says, you know, hopefully it's that's kind of what they're incorporating here, because I would love to have a token. I don't care if it's crash in price, but if I have a token that is enjoyable to play, you know, a, a video game with. Um, yeah, sure. You know, like I'm, I'm not going to, you know, be upset by price action if the game itself is actually enjoyable. And so, you know, this just might be one of the latest entries into that pool of people trying to make something fun. Um, you know, it seems like they're starting with the land before they really get to a video game, though, because it looks like they're just saying what you can do with this land. Yep. Um, but they they're going to have, you know, if they really want to be big, I mean, I think Sandbox is still proving to kind of be the, the number one metaverse contender right now. Um, and I don't know if Indeed. other side, other side might have competition. There other side not. is trying for that crown, certainly. Uh, yeah, I, I'm so torn here, actually, uh, because I it, it looks like they're going for kind of a more open metaverse concept, where, where you have, and this is part of why the graphic style is so simplistic. If you look at their uh, screenshots, their demos, that kind of thing. Uh, the, I think the aim is to go more kind of low poly and painterly and then really open up the ability for the player to build on the land and uh, make that shared universe their own. So, so I admire that. But, but I do wonder if players will just think, okay, it doesn't look like Fortnite. Other side looks like Fortnite. I know right. where I'm spending my money. Uh not that other side isn't going for the same thing. I think a lot of what they've revealed about their systems uh, points kind of in an increasingly player-built and governed direction, but that, if we believe their timelines, is at least a year out. So no way of knowing. And that's true. I mean, because like Sandbox looks like Minecraft, right? So it's like they're trying to recreate what's already familiar. That's true. Yeah, what's popular. And... With this, you know, you know, MMO kind of thing, like, and it does have sort of a realistic look to it, right? It's not pixelated, heavily pixelated. It's not, it doesn't look like cartoony, like other side. It just looks it like. It very much looks like the games of my childhood, I will say. That's. Uh... <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it kind of does. Like, you know, I look at this and I'm thinking, you know, like, like an RPG from PlayStation 2. Um, and I'm wondering if if that's going to attract a certain genre of video game production. That's interesting. You know what I mean? Like, well, we want to make a game, but the visuals of Sandbox don't really match our art style. You know, they might look at this and go, that realistic look is something that we want in our art style. So maybe we're going to develop on this land. And it's considerably cheaper than other side. That's um, true. The buy-in is lower. Yeah, so it's it's lower, and maybe it matches you know the art direction of of your game. So that's something to consider. Um, it just I think we're gonna have to really kind of get into that interoperability discussion because if this game is this land plots are just completely isolated from sandbox and other side, um, you know it's it's gonna be a little harder to convince people to kind of you know open shop on your land it's interesting you bring up the the between metaverse interoperability uh because i think in the first usage of the term right uh yeah 
what is it uh okay neil stevenson the snow crash i'm thinking of uh ready player one uh yeah yeah at least when i think back to the metaverse concept the idea is it's everything is interoperable then the metaverse is space and then the things that go in it and the things that happen in it are uh they can be user extended user produced uh and because the whole thing is open source at least in that imagining uh it becomes possible to extend it in many unexpected ways uh i don't know how well that vibes with the idea of a company-owned sandbox where yuga labs owns other side and uh and beyond earth owns beyond earth etc yeah, that's kind of true. Are we going to see a place where, you know, like, hey, we love, you know, companies are going to say, we love the metaverse, but don't go to theirs. Um, whereas that yeah, that, that's probably a likelihood. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause like Ready Player One is such the ideal concept. And they're, well, at least in the movie, they never really, you know, showed like competition between environments. They showed competition between players and companies but not through like land and environments and, you know, places where people like gather like hubs. Um, and I mean, it's going to be an uphill battle trying to convince on, Hey, you'll make less money doing this, but people are going to be happier with it. Um, I think, yeah, that's it. That's it. I think we've seen a lot of video game companies take the other direction, which is let's make more money and make players less happy. Um, and what's interesting <laughs> about that to me, and I don't know if this is where they're going, but, like you had written recently, Keegan, the uh, was it Minecraft that that banned uh, NFTs yes, yes. recently? So that so now you've got another company coming up with, and I don't know if this is their plan, but it does have some similarity in the aesthetic of it. Um, kind of taking that spot that Minecraft has given up by banning NFTs, and uh, you know. Nature abhors. Yeah, a what if so somebody if they don't want it, somebody else is going to come in and do it. <laughs> yeah, like Minecraft two It's very, very. Indeed, indeed. I mean, there's a total market demand there, and yet they said no because they wanted to quote unquote protect their players and uh, protect the the integrity the integrity of the game and all of that. And so, yeah, yet which they've they've totally places in it. I, I think Microsoft <laughs> will come out with it. So if the concept takes off to a large enough extent that there are profits in it for big business, Microsoft will jump onto it. And I, I would be afraid if I was building a small metaverse project right now, but because if even if I'm the one who shows the world that this model can be successful, odds are I don't have the 50 plus million, uh, even more than that, player base minecraft does not not at a given time or over a sustained period but lifetime i think minecraft has covered hundreds of millions of unique players uh and, and so if someone with that brand recognition says hey we like the metaverse now here's the best one by the way it's ours uh what happens to all of my hard work it's a daunting prospect yeah. i admire all of these teams genuinely uh coming into this space trying to take that crown yeah, definitely. And it really does have a blockbuster deny Netflix kind of vibe. You know, it's like, hey, you had a legitimate cash cow, like sitting right in the middle of your Minecraft servers. And then they just said, we don't want it. Um, and then to see if they're going to probably change their mind on that six, seven, eight years down the road, because they said in that announcement, they said, we're going to continue looking at blockchain to consider hmm. this sort of concept. And yeah, it's kind of like, well, Blockbuster considered looking at Netflix too, and then they tried to do a similar service, but by then it was too late. Um, and I'm not saying Minecraft and Microsoft are going to disappear. That would be the stupidest thing to say. Um, but they're definitely kind of missed a pretty big opportunity, and that might well, be possibly. benefiting. Yeah. It's going to depend on the direction this tech goes, how it evolves. Uh, in two minds about it. Uh, but you're right. It's an interesting parallel to raise. Yeah. And that, 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 you know, interaction really, the people in the NFT market are the ones that are going to have to prove that this is a real concept because web two gamers aren't interested and trying to attract yep, web two gamers. 
yeah, it's it's on us. And if we're just going to say, oh, these are really cool, I'm going to flip it. <laughs> it's like, that, great. Okay, cool. But if we say these are really cool, I'm going to build on it and I'm going to use it, then, you know, we're putting our money where our, where our mouth is. Um, so it, it's, it is on us to, to hold these and really kind of work towards that. Um, so I'm not That's trying to flip my subway take. I like that. That, that, that. Yeah. I appreciate the optimism. <laughs> you might make me go and buy a new subway rat. <laughs> yeah. I want, yeah, man, you get the subway rat in the sandbox. That, that'd be cool with it. That's why I bought them, right? You know, it's that would be fun. Uh, well, it'll be interesting to see this, uh, this game five trend in the metaverse. This does look optimistic. So hopefully this will, this will carry on and do well. Um, hopefully, and hopefully the game would be nice. Hopefully it is. Hopefully it is. Well, last up, we've got Webiverse Genesis Pass. This is um, a bit of a sci-fi vibe. Here we go with outer space again. Although this is actually outer space, it looks like. I could be wrong, but we've got some sort of uh, meteor breaking up here (laughs) uh, in the banner, but um, on Metadrop, it was at a uh, at a point two five ETH floor price, um, but this is the toolkit for the open metaverse. Um, so this is a, a pass to participate in the Upstreet, uh, which is the collaborative MMO. It's built behind, uh, or it's built by the Webiverse. Uh, so where, where's this one going? Right now we've yep. got a point five four floor price. So we've got it's doubled since uh since they've launched it it looks like uh is this more of the same i mean it's it's parcel of land it's metaverse it's an mmo it's just a really high floor price is this like a a lot of the same words for sure yeah it's like you could rocket ship or something and they're all the same i I think what is interesting here is the branding or maybe it's just lip service we'll have to see how they execute and find out uh but exactly what we were talking about just now keegan it's almost funny uh it's right there front and center on the site we believe the metaverse should be a connected web of interoperable worlds a medium controlled by creators and access to free and open tools uh and, and they definitely don't say it in as many words uh and I don't think they'll shoot themselves in the foot by going this way, but but it's kind of pointing, hinting at the concept of giving up some of that complete ecosystem ownership. We control everything in and out. You're spending our token. Uh, we take a little off the top of everything in favor of allowing for more interoperability, a more open platform. Uh, and op- optimistically, maybe that's some of the hope people saw uh, in this launch, in, in addition to the nicer graphics and all the bells and whistles and all that. I think, that, yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. You know, like if, if there's kind of looking at the bigger picture, not just their picture, um, you know, kind of let's create something that can connect to other people's stuff and so that they can, you know, travel back and forth. And it kind of makes me wonder also, I mean, like Jason was just saying, uh, you know, it has that more of a space theme, more of a, you know, sci-fi kind of look. Uh, you know, are we are we going to see that kind of example of, you know, we're not going to be the fantasy metaverse plot that you want. We're going to be the sci-fi. So say you're making a sci-fi game. You know, maybe this is the one yep. you're going to be interested in. Um, it looks like they're almost, uh, I, I'm going to draw a parallel to what we know of Yuga Labs and other side, which is always a little dangerous at this stage because we know very little that's completely firm about other side but yeah the the, the plan which which other side gave on their website is we'll have the, the first trip they call it which will be a highly curated uh very built out by yuga labs game experience and then we'll slowly move out into player created structures and uh, stories and content and items and all of that uh and this kind of rhymes with that in a way because the the genesis pass the web first pass uh is in the first instance letting you participate in, in upstreet exactly as you said the sci-fi aesthetic uh, different target market bang on jason uh but the layer underneath that is 
Webiverse metaverse engine. Uh, and they're pitching that as an open source metaverse engine, which anybody can host in theory. Uh, and that would allow for multiple games to be built on top of kind of the same backbone. Uh, and allow for, I'm assuming if they're building the engine out for it, uh, interop between assets and maybe even mechanics and beyond in those games. Uh, so that might be some of the promise people are seeing uh, in this project. But as you said, a floor price like this for a supply of 12,000 in this market is frankly insane. Uh, and it's heartening to see for NFTs. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah. when I think about the promises this is making that set it apart from maybe other metaverse projects, I think it's that distinction. What we Here's your pass to the game we're making. It's also your pass to the engine, which we're hoping we're going to make it free and open source. It'll power everything. That part's key. I mean, you know, having an engine that anyone can use is huge for the video game industry. I mean, like uh, Source, the Source engine, the Unreal engine. Uh, yep. You know, those, you know, people jump on those. I don't 100% know if those are open source, but, you know, people use that because they enjoy it. And here they're kind of, you know, establishing that same sort of concept like, you know, hey, you, know, you can make your stuff and then you can put it here. Um, I'm curious, you know, with that, you know, it's kind of cool because you don't really need to buy the land to experience the game, right? You just kind of need the land to host the game. I think that is the idea, yes. Uh, also, I, I don't know if this is a land drop necessarily. I just see it down as a, as a Genesis Pass. Uh, oh, it will let you claim a parcel of land in the upstream. There you go. Uh, That's an important distinction. Yeah. Yep. This no, you're right. Genesis Pass, yeah. Is this launch <laughs> free? I Actually, don't know. I have no idea if they did. Uh, just checking the chart out. No, I think they launched around point two, actually. Uh, oh, okay. Still, it's uh, it's an interesting proposition for sure. If you take a look at their user docs on the site, uh, so far there is there's a bit on the token menu, which is for getting the tokens for your items and all of that. Uh, and there's nothing about tokenomics, nothing about burn mechanics. There's a little bit giving the tokens name, silk, uh, and that is it. And I don't know. I, I think certainly investors who pay a lot of attention to those things before jumping in uh, might be put off by the lack of detail in their white papers there. But... I think for people who followed a lot of those models and seen them fail to get traction, fail to find success, the price dumps out and ends up being tied to the price of the NFT assets. So those also tank. Uh, seeing focus on gameplay front and center and then the token added on is we're figuring it out. It's not there yet. Uh, might be heartening. I don't know. Yeah, I kind of like that. You know, just kind of just we're going to make sure this works first before we start creating a token economy and you know trying to you know open that you know pipeline of revenue we're just going to make sure that it's functionable and it's enjoyable and it's you know accessible um it does look very ps1 though uh in, in its <laughs> yeah. own way i kind of love this i have to admit but 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 again these are all i played a lot of free mmos as a kid so very familiar with this kind of aesthetic well, we'll see what happens. Uh, this is, it, it's definitely unique, uh, as so many of them are, which, and whenever we say that, we say they're unique a lot, but really in, in the NFT world, it's, uh, it's good to see something that is different. It's not just another pixelated uh, animal or character, but very well. And it's doubled, or it did double in its, in its ETH price as well, but... Well, guys, thanks so much for uh, getting with us today. That'll wrap it up for this week's uh, NFT Winners Week. But uh, we will have you both back on next week, hopefully. But uh, Keegan and Zenda, thanks so much for uh, coming on and sharing your perspective. Yeah, man, always. Definitely. Pleasure to speak with you, Keegan, every time. That's it for this episode. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. Follow us on Twitter at bccn3 underscore media 
and subscribe to our newsletter at bccn3.com. From our website, you can also join in the conversation in our Discord channel and Reddit page. And we will see you here next time on BCCN3 Talk. <laughs>